Welcome to the Jazz Notes Podcast. I am your host, James Stratton, and tonight we're going to go over the game between the 22-5 and 5 Utah Jazz and the 18-9 and 9 76ers. Both teams come into this game as number one into their conference, and let me double-check real quick this. I'm already double-checking. I should have made sure, but it popped in my head. But I think no matter what happens this game for either team, if they lose, they're still number one. So that's pretty crazy. Um, yeah, no matter what, any team who lost after this game was still going to be number one. So it's the bat- battle of the number ones. And let's see how many more times I can say number one. Number one! A little too early for that, right? Anyways, uh, so let's get into the quarter. Uh, the first quarter, that is. Um Conley and Embiid are out this game with Embiid as a very late scratch. I think that's a very classic Doc Rivers move. I think he knew that Embiid wasn't going to play. He threw off reporters saying that he's scheduled to be in the game. Then participating in shoot-arounds and all that and scratched him late. And I think he did that mainly to get the Jazz game plan in a hurry at the very end. You know, he set up for this whole plan of, hey, we're going to guard this way because Embiid is in. It's going to really take down the uh, um, exactly what the preparation is for this game because Embiid is such a, a dynamic character for that team. He is able to shoot the three. He's able to score inside. And it just takes another dynamic into planning onto the game. So with him being scratched, it's really a, a try to get everyone together real quick to say, hey, this is what we got to do. And sometimes just not seeing it drawn out on the board is, or walk through can really hurt, you know, hurt a team on how they're going to preparation or have a preparation for this game. Anyway, starting this game, uh, Simmons is really the only one to get to the bucket in the hoop for the Sixers so far. I remember last year, I might be wrong, but it seems a lot of the times that the way the Sixers won was either Simmons or Embiid was out of the game. Uh, They didn't play together. When they played together, they actually had a pretty bad record, but whenever they didn't play together, they had a very good record. Um, I I was going to double check that during halftime, but I got you know, a little busy doing other things and forgot to look at it. I know Simmons was out, I think, believe for the whole bubble. I'm not too entirely sure because I don't really follow the 76ers much. But um, they got pretty far into the playoffs without him. But that's a credit to uh, what Doc Rivers is doing so far this season with the 76ers team. There was a lot of rumors saying these two can't play with each other. But as I said in that quarter way through podcast with Jack from Hard Hitting Podcast, and this is actually uh, his co-host's uh, favorite team, the 76ers. So if I talk too much trash, Jordan, don't don't be too too upset with it, right? Anyways, it's a tribute to him to be able to get these two together, and they're, they're really playing well so far into this game, getting themselves up already in the number one seed with a, a harder Easter Conference team that we've seen in the past, especially with the Nets really uh, stacking up. And it's the heat will start to rise, especially with uh, their injuries and the COVID bug is getting out of their system. Uh, you also see some surprise teams like the Knicks coming out. Uh, I expect the Raptors to start getting into the, the, the league. Hornets with Ball playing the way he is as a rookie and uh, Gordon Hayward really playing his best basketball so far this year. So um, 
a tribute to the 76ers being number one uh, is is a key to the success that's going into Coach Rivers' game so far. You know, especially when he pulls antics like this, like scratching players out of the game late, right? Um, the send uh, the Jazz uh, three point uh, the three point game struggles early to con- uh, and continues from last game. We really did struggle a lot the last last time we we're out on the court. And the 76ers are just getting everything they want early into this game, especially especially into the paint. The Jazz need to, I believe, go on a 2-3 zone. So, And the only way the Jazz are staying into this game now is their threes are finally starting to drop. But the inside game has been way too easy for the Sixers so far. And it, it shouldn't be a surprise with, with Joel Embiid being out that the inside game was going to be very prevalent this game. Yes, you're going to have your shooters like Tobias Harris. And uh, Seth Curry is going to be outside as a, as a threat on the three-point line. But with Ben Simmons, you can pretty much cheat down to the free throw line. But sometimes when you do that, um, he's able to, uh, you know, because that's how he's been pretty much played this whole whole time in the league so far so he's really upped his game on being able to pass someone who is already has uh at the free throw line advantage to him expecting him to drive and we're seeing it this game so far and it's just surprising to me that we haven't really caught on that quick that saying hey this is going to be a very interior game uh 76ers are one of the least three point or least three-pointing uh, shooting team, and it shouldn't have been a surprise. I, I don't think it should have been. Even with Embiid in, it shouldn't have been a surprise. Um, I think they were going to try to make Rudy cheat off the, the block uh, with Embiid staying around the three-point line, and with uh, uh, Ben Simmons driving a lot that, like he did this game. But with Embiid off, uh, I think the game plan was still the same. Simmons, you're going to drive and then kick out if you get everyone collapsed on him. And then Jordan Clarkson comes in and is just on fire. He starts off four for four on three-pointers quickly, really getting the Jazz back into this game, but still no defensive defense at all. I mean, at all from like really both teams. I think the 76ers are doing very well so far. Uh, eliminating the extra passes that the Jazz have come to accustom to. But the Jazz also aren't falling for it, trying to force passes at the same time because that's what we're used to. But anyways, it's just embarrassing how easily the Sixers are getting into the paint. After one... Uh, and it's really Jazz... It's, it's really their fault. And after one, Jazz are down 42-35. to 35. I hate... That's what we should allow in a half. But... I mean, that's how easy the points are coming for these Sixers teams. I think that they started off like 10 for 13 or something outrageous. And they're just dominating in the paint. And it, it should have been, like I've said, a surprise in this game plan. And it's really attributed to a pathetic show on defense. I don't think it's, you know, the 76ers getting lucky shots in like Denver was. Denver was taking really good or really contested shots, but just hitting them. They're just on fire. It's kind of the opposite the 76ers are finding the spot in the floor that they want to hit they're getting wide open and they're hitting their shots at the same time i'm not saying that every single time they go down there they're wide open they're hitting their shots but they're 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 doing it quite often um second quarter after no threes drop in really early in the first quarter for the jazz they've really been saving them so far this game they get down 
14 early into that first quarter, and thanks to their three-point game, they started to climb back. The Jazz just can't stop the 76ers from scoring inside. It's definitely a huge chink in our armor, our, our defensive armor so far uh, this season. It's just not this game, it's this season. I think the Sixers have done a very good film study of what to do to break down the Jazz defense. Um, if they look back into that uh, Hawks game where they're just using Clint Capella all the time to clean up the board behind him, if they either missed or just did an alley-oop dunk, um, same thing with the Pistons and using uh, uh, Mason Plumley to do the same thing. Um, and I, they were doing this except for with uh, Ben Simmons being in the back for cleanup. And they're doing this a lot during the point. I think that's really a weakness of the Jazz that they need to stop. And they started stopping it getting into this quarter. They're starting to realize that Rudy's getting in trouble down there. He can't guard three people at once. As as amazing as he is in defense, he just can't do it. And our rebound is just as bad. I think Rudy Gobert doesn't hit his first rebound until like halfway through the second quarter, which is crazy. And we're not getting much offensive rebounds when we need it. And we're giving too much offensive rebounds. Like what I said, Ben Simmons getting in the back lane, cleaning up missed shots and putting right back up because Rudy is too busy guarding the guy in front of him who got beat by somebody else. Um, So it's just more frustrating because we finally stopped them because they're so hot early that just any stop would be nice. and, And we just can't clean up the boards. And halfway through, the Sixers are still up 55-51. to And the Jazz start getting ice cold again. They're missing wide open shots because it's frustrating now. Because we're finally getting stops at the same time. Um, And uh, we we get a 10-0 run in it. But then we start getting really ice cold. And we can't expand that run because we are getting these stops. The defense is really starting to play well and it's not because Simmons is out he is in at this point and we're actually doing very well uh containing him Jazz finally settled down a little bit on defense they're getting stops and they're getting buckets in the paint themselves on the other side of the floor so the wide open threes weren't falling so I think they went to the last game play and was like let's start driving into the basket and the Jazz are now up going into the half because of that 10-0 run 72 to 66 uh, we scored 35 points and we only allowed 24, so a lot better defense. It's a defense we want to see, and we're just shooting lights out now in that second quarter. Getting to the second half, um, the Jazz started off very, very sloppy. Easy turnovers. Um, they're running into each other, getting boards. There's one point where Rudy gets a board, and I think uh, Bogey or uh, Royce hits him, and then he loses the ball out of bounds. So a free possession for the 76ers there. And finally, a foul call on Ben Simmons. He's been elbowing players all game and kind of getting away with it. He did one against Rudy when he was driving in. He did one against uh, Joe Ingles when he was setting up a screen, like a clear elbow uh uh, when he was setting up that screen to, to increase the the uh, distance between Joey Eagles and I believe it was Seth Curry at that time. Um, it's just, I don't know, I, it's like those small victories, like, come on, he's doing this all game, and they finally call it. But um, anyways, I don't like complaining about uh, ref referee calls at all. I hate doing that. But... I just saw it so far this this first two quarters. I'm like, man, they got to call it once. 
Uh, Jazz defense has improved vastly since these past two quarters, making the Sixers work harder on their end. And halfway up, the Jazz are up 89-76, to so they're really starting to cushion their lead. Mitchell and Clarkson just keeping the Jazz offense in rhythm this game. They're hitting, hitting very key shots to maintain this lead, and especially Clarkson right now. He is on fire. The passing this game hasn't been uh, so prevalent, mainly to the Sixers' abilities to chase down the open man. That They're starting to read like, hey, they're starting to rotate their passes, and they're already getting to the man that they're supposed to rotate next. So the Sixers are doing a very good job being able to read what the offensive sets are for the Jazz, which I think uh, not many teams have done so far. With a three-pointer foul at the buzzer from Jordan Clarkson, which he misses, but he's able to hit two of the three going into the fourth quarter, the Jazz are able to get up 106-94. to We score 34 points. Uh, so so far, every quarter so far, we've scored 34, 35, 37, 34, and they only score 28. Um, but this is what, like our usual final score we're used to seeing. So it's kind of frustrating to see because I hate hate high scoring games from this jazz team because it just makes me nervous that if we're not defensive can our offense hold up and so far this season it's been yes our our offense has been able to maintain a lead and to keep up with the other team's offenses so far knock on wood of course um so let's get into the fourth quarter the final one where it starts to get a little hairy for the utah jazz Jazz start the quarter cold again as Simmons and the Sixers just find their inside game. It's not that hard. I mean, we know Simmons is going to go in the paint. We can stop it. At least a couple times. I mean, we did very well the second and third quarter. Got to admit that. But now we're just doing dumb plays and dumb turnovers for Jazz again. And we're allowing the 76ers to get back into this game. And there's no reason why they should be in it. Because we're playing our our basketball and a lot of these dumb plays and dumb turnovers and running into each other for no reason is allowing the Sixers to come in. And especially when we let them come in by scoring easy buckets in the paint. It just doesn't make any sense. They get within four points, but halfway through the Jazz are up 118 to 112. Jordan Clarkson is just ripping the Sixers right now, tying the three-point made record. Uh, for the Jazz with eight point or eight eight threes made already with five minutes left, I thought uh, I thought uh, Quinn was gonna leave him in the game to see if he can get that ninth, but he takes him out for the rest of the game. And man, Bogey is just really off this game. I think he had like three or four open threes. The Sixers decided just like Royce O'Neal to not guard him at all at the very end. Uh, the Sixers continued their post press on offense, and the Jazz. Still can't figure it out for some reason. I mean, we saw this with Pistons. We saw this with the Hawks. Why can't we see this with the Sixers? I mean, thank goodness Embiid wasn't there. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I got to be honest. I mean, thank goodness Embiid didn't play because I don't. I think this game would have been completely different, especially the way we played on defense. Unless you know, unless Quinn had this magical plan, you know, to stop Embiid. And it went away because he didn't play. That's the only way I can think we won that game is we had a plan coming in and it just went to the wayside. So hopefully we did because and we'll see this in two more weeks when we play them for the last game of this half. So 
just like I was saying, they left Royce O'Neal wide open at some points. He gets two big threes in a row, back-to-back, really making this comeback difficult for the Sixers. I mean, they're, 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 on, the, they're on our heels uh, this whole entire quarter. And the Jazz finish this game out beautifully. Uh, Royce makes another three, actually, at the end. They won. They win 134 to 123. I just just like, come on, we got to win by more by 10 because uh, our our stats are actually crazy of how many games we won more uh, more than double digits so far. Let's kind of get into the stats of the game so far, or in this game, we actually shot really well, especially starting cold from the floor. Uh, we're 52% in field goals, 40% for three point maids. Especially, I think we've missed like our first three or four. Uh, we got out rebounded 36 to 42, but that was attributed to like the first quarter, where this, the 76ers weren't missing anything at all, but they were getting the offensive rebounds when they were. We actually allowed 12, which I hate seeing more than six, seven, especially with Rudy Gobert in the paint when he's huge. But they're just doing such a great time job attacking, making Rudy come out and uh, defend a shot and being able to clean the board while he's still landing and turning around and trying to get the board. Uh, we only get 18 assists to 45 field goals. That's 40%. We're really used to 60%. But then again, that's praise to the 76ers, their ability to read the offensive flow and really make the Jazz play a little bit more iso ball, especially with Clarkson. Luckily, he was on fire this game. And we only did 12, 11 turnovers. I mean, it was just those times that we did turn over that it really, really hurt us. They only got 14 points off turnovers. Felt a lot more like that. But, I mean, 14 points. We got 18 off of their 14 turnovers, I believe. So, I mean, overall, a very good game from us on the offensive end. Uh, we didn't get to play our pass around game as much as we like to, but again, that's that's probably the game plan they're going into. Well, as you all know, I like keeping teams under 25 points per quarter. That didn't happen at all this game. <laughs> not, uh, not, uh, not even close. Um, so what's our record right now? So we allowed over 25 points in the first quarter, so now we're 9-3. and three. We allowed over 50 points going into the halftime. We're now 9-4. and four. We allowed over 75 points going into the final quarter. We're now 12 and 5. And whenever the team scores over 100 points at the end of the game, we're 14 and 5. I mean, still impressive numbers. Very impressive. Especially winning all these games that we've been winning. I mean, we are 19 games out of 20 wins. Um, The only game to that very, very hot Denver Nugget team. Just overall, just a really great game for the Jazz. Um, Except for defense, of course. Uh, That's my only gripe is trying to figure out what's wrong with us inside the paint. I mean, it's complete flip-flop what it's been the past few years. Uh, It's always been like, okay, nobody's scoring on us in the interior. And they had to beat up with threes. But it's not happening this year. We're a lot better on the perimeter. We don't don't allow hardly any uh, three-pointers being scored on us. And it's just really odd whenever we do see a team just catch fire on three like the Nuggets did. And we do go down fast because, I mean, not only is our perimeter defense failing that game, that means our interior too, so it didn't really help. Let's get into the notes of our game. So our F note is our worst player. 
ABC notes are three best players, kind of like hockey, where the one star is their best player. We do the same thing, or I do the same thing. I say we. I'm the only one here, I think. Yeah, I'm the only one down here. All right. Anyways, F. Noah, the game was Boyan Bogdanovich. I mean, he did all right that second quarter, but that was pretty much it. Um, he scores 11 points on 4 of 12 shooting. I don't even think he hits a 3. And he had like a few 3-pointers just wide, wide open. And he couldn't hit them. Especially at the end when they didn't even try. It's like, ah, he hasn't hit anything all game. And uh, yeah, he was 0 for 6 for 3-pointers. Um, 5 rebounds, 2 turnovers. I mean, overall, not terrible but not what we're used to or, or expect of him. I mean, that's crazy that he got 11 points, but we expect more. I expect more, but I think that 0 for 6 three-pointers, if he scored just two of them, golden. I don't even think there'd be an F note this game because, I mean, uh, I, Oni showed up, Niang showed up, Favor showed up. Uh, Bogey's the only one that, you know, didn't really, didn't really do what he were used to, but that's it. It's not what we're used to. He still was very aggressive this game, and I can't can't praise him enough on that. C note of the game of the game is Royce O'Neal. I mean, he's on a defensive tear this game. I mean, I know Tobias Harris scored a lot of points. I know Ben Simmons scored a lot of points, but uh, those two players are really tough to pl- defend, and his his plate has been heavy, heavy these past few games. He has 11 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, and 3 steals. The B-note of the game is Joe Ingles with 20 points, 5 assists, 3 rebounds, 1 steal, and 1 great block on Seth Curry. That was awesome. And the 8-note of the game was Jordan Clarkson with 40 points. 40 points! 8 and 13 out of 3-pointers. That is crazy. From a bench player. He's the 6th man of the year. I think... I think he sits on the bench for the rest of the game or for the rest of the year. He'll still win it. He's got to. <laughs> he could be. Uh, I'm not going to say anything. I'm, I'm going to stop it right there. One assist and two steals added on there. Of course, not not much more attributed to that. But that's what we needed from him with those 40 points, especially this game. Crazy. 40 points. So, yeah. So, we, we move up to now we're 23-5. and five. I mean, we're two full games in front of the Lakers now. So that was really good to see, especially after the Lakers, uh, you know, are just winning these close games against these okay teams. They lose to Denver last night uh, big. Um, Anthony Davis is out for the next few weeks. He's not going to play for the rest of this half. So hopefully he heals up. Um, Good news, nothing wrong with – well, there's something wrong with his Achilles, but – nothing major to keep him out all season i hope he does what joe ingles did very careful uh make sure that he's 110 percent uh good to go and because they need him for the playoffs they really do i mean i know they have lebron james and everything but i mean that that team was built around ad and uh, and lebron so hopefully he gets the rest he needs um sadly we won't be able to see him in action when we play the lakers uh, next week so again all that matters is he gets healthy right um and then we'll we'll see him when he, we see him i mean i think we have three more games with him next at least two uh next half so we'll be able to see him a couple more times um let's get into the scores tonight i think all the games are pretty much done no there's still a few that are up 
Uh, the Bulls beat the Pacers in overtime, 120 to 112. The Wizards are on an amazing two-game winning streak right now, with 131 to 119. The Knicks are or Knicks continue or uh, go back onto their winning ways. I think they were losing a couple of the games previously, 123 to 112. And the Nets uh, beat the Kings 136 to 125. Right now, the Clippers are uh, on top of the Heat, 121 to 111, with a minute left in the fourth quarter. So more, more most likely, they're going to win this game. And then the Warriors are up big against the Cavaliers, 118 to 93, with two minutes left into this game. Well, speaking of Clippers, that's our next game. We're going to travel down to L.A. We're going to play them twice in a row. Hopefully we get one and one on that game. Um, I'm hoping, of course, two and zero. That'd be nice, and but at least one and one would be really nice. Um, and then after that, we will not, or we'll be home for the Hornets on Monday, and then we'll see the Lakers on next Wednesday. So um, we'll play, we'll rest, play, rest, play, rest two days in a row after we played the Clippers twice to face the Hornets. So kind of a busy week. Um, two more games this week overall. We're used to kind of four at this point. It's kind of a fast pace. It's kind of a fast pace half already, you know. Usually usually not. I, I'm trying to guess, but, I mean, we're going to be halfway through, and, it, and we've only played three months of full of games. So that's that's pretty fast. So anyways, so let's get into the standings. I didn't go over standings last time because it was a back-to-back and not much change. So 76ers with this loss, I mean, they've lost three in a row, but it helps because Milwaukee lost three in a row too. But the Brooklyn Nets are definitely catching up. So uh, Philadelphia lost tonight. They're still number one with Milwaukee and Brooklyn right behind them at a game and a half apiece behind the 76ers. Indiana and Boston are tied Right behind them at four, New York, Charlotte, Toronto, Chicago, and Miami round up the top ten with the Hawks a half game behind that. So that's kind of the playoff picture so far. And the Western Conference, the Utah Jazz are number one. Number one. Not number two or three, right? (laughs) I told you it was a little early to do that number one, right? So uh, the Lakers are now two games behind with the Clippers three games behind. So it kind of rounds out the top tier of the Western Conference. Then our our next tier is the Phoenix Suns at four, Portland at five, San Antonio at six, and Denver at seven. That really rounds out the next tier. They're all within two games within each other. The Warriors round out the eighth seed with Memphis and Dallas rounding out the top ten. Sacramento is only a half game behind Dallas with New Orleans and Oklahoma City and Houston actually making a surprise surge with uh, really a game and a half behind Dallas. So the only team kind of really out of it in the Western Conference is the Minnesota Timberwolves, not seeing too much. And there's there's some been uh, there's been some intriguing trade situations going on. I mean, Cleveland's not playing Andre Drummond anymore, so where he could he go? Um, we have to think salary at the same time. Everyone's like, ah, oh, he's going to go Lakers or, oh man, uh, the Nets are going to pick him up. But how are they going to pay him? How, the only way I can see it is if they release it. I mean, I told someone, uh, 
uh, that I could see us picking up Ricky Rubio, but he's too rich for us. Uh, the only way we could pick him up is if the Wolves drop him and then we pick him up on some veteran minimum. But that's the only way that teams can really sign these players. So I don't think they're going to go to the Lakers. I don't think they're going to go. And the other one is Blake Blake Griffin from the Pistons. I don't think they're going to go to Brooklyn. Those are the two teams I think, unless they're going to play some voodoo magic and get these guys on their teams, it's not going to happen. They could probably go to some contending team like the Knicks. I can see that. They have a big salary cap opening um but i don't like to speculate but just remember when you're looking at all these rumors you're going to see the lakers you're going to see the the nets uh you're going to see who's another team that's hurting on salary cap um i haven't really seen the clippers i don't think they're really hurting on salary cap but i i won't be too surprised if they welcome blake griffin back especially after doing him dirty but i don't know how happy (laughs) griffin would be about that but anyways um I also released my standings onto Instagram, my kind of power ranking. What I ended up doing was uh, I, I go on these different sites, if you listen to the last time I talked about it, but I go on to these different sites that do power rankings and um, kind of combine them, and then I use 538's ELO ratings that I think are very fair and honest about how the situation is going for each team. Um who they're playing, how they beat them, and they do a very good job. And uh, I think the last last year they had Lakers like number one, even though no one thought they were going to win. And then out of nowhere they just storm in and just destroy the league. Um, so they're very, I think they're very honest with how the assessments are going. So I kind of include them in there as well. So I use NBA, ESPN, Bleacher Report, CBS Sports, and then I replace NBC Sports with the Athletic HQ. I replaced NBC Sports because their ratings were really dumb. Not dumb because they had the Utah Jazz at number four. I'm not saying that's wrong, and I exclude them for that. It's, it's The reason why I did that is last week they had them at number one. And they went undefeated last week. The Jazz did. And they beat really good teams last week. It's not like they beat these scrub teams in overtime four times like the Lakers did. And the Lakers jumped up to number one. And then it was the, I think it was the 76ers. It just didn't make any sense. And then I looked at it, it was a different author. So each week they had someone else doing it. And I want I want consistency. I want the same people going in there and making the right same articles. So I decided to uh, do the athletic instead. They seem to be a little more honest about the NBA and the current situation. So we'll see how that goes. I might end up dropping them as well and just using five total. And so just a caveat to that, if I did use NBC and had uh, them at four, the overall rankings would have still had the Jazz as number one. And that's how uh, the NBA power ranking is so far. Uh, so I'm just going to go over the top ten right now. So number ten is San Antonio Spurs. They didn't move up any slots. Portland Trailblazers are at number nine. They moved up four slots. The Milwaukee Bucks have dropped four slots to number eight. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets go down one slot in 16 and 12. Um, so they drop down to one to seven. The Denver Nuggets climb two uh, to be number six. The Philadelphia 76ers drop two as well because they lost a few games in a row. Now they're now at three losses in a row. Number four is the Phoenix Suns who are rising. They got three 
up higher, they're really clicking on all cylinders. I mean, any team with uh, Chris Paul and it's dangerous, and I said that at the beginning of the year. The LA Clippers are at number three. They rose up two slots. The Lakers round up number two, and they drop down one slot. They were number one last week, and the Utah Jazz go up one slot. They were number two last week to get the top seed. And now we're a full two games ahead of them. Um, the driver's seat's definitely in the Utah Jazz hand right now. We can't continue to play defense like we played tonight. I mean, we played great defense last last game, so I'm not too worried about it. It's just, again, that interior defense needs to be cleaned up. I wish they would have gone to a 2-3 zone. They never did. Or maybe even a box in one with one guy on Simmons. I mean, I know Tobias Harris really killed us, but not as bad as Simmons did. He got his career high at 42. And I'm blabbling, blabbling. Anyways, I'll see you guys on... Uh, holy cow, 33 minutes. I have been babbling. Uh, I'll see you guys on... Uh, or talk to you guys on Wednesday when we face it in the first game of the Clippers. And it will be a great series. It will be fun to see us matching up with uh, a top Western contender again instead of playing all these Eastern teams that we can. And anyways, I hope you had a great President's Day weekend. And as always, before we leave, what do we got to say? I think you know. I'm, I'm being dumb about this, but go Jazz. <laughs>